Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Guys, I don't know if you noticed, but I had to adjust the volume on that intro ever so slightly. Typically, it blasts your eardrums out, mm-hmm. and I should have adjusted it sooner. So hopefully our listeners appreciate that. The extra 30 seconds I took to make sure that volume came down a little bit. Tonight, we are joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Good to see you guys again, man. It's been a week. Uh, Kadarius Tony is healthy since then. Mitch is back from vacation. Uh, snuck in an extra episode of Coach's Corner there, breaking a, another box down. I actually ordered a box of Panini Contenders today, six autographs in a box. So I'll, I'll sneak one more Coach's Corner, corner episode into that. And then uh, going to do a ranking show at some point, dive into that a little bit, either before or after vacation. So also think of vacation. That's a good thing. Yeah, you're off next week, huh, Dan? I, I think I saw the approval in my email from you, John. I'm not sure if, if you officially stamped it yet, but. No, I saw the PTO request come through on my calendar, and I I did approve it. Um, we had to make sure that we had coverage for for next week. But Mitch and I, I think we can handle it. We're going to talk about some tiers, but more the process than specific players. And just like Dan said, we both did some unboxing, box breaks, whatever you want to call it, uh, pack openings on the dynasty theory fantasy football confidential youtube channel and trying to put a dynasty spin on it because like if it was strictly cards i kept saying the last pack of cards i opened was a pack of pokemon cards like years ago so i was like well i can't really provide the card context but the dynasty spin we can do and there were some good ones. There were some bad ones, too. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? <laughs> I'm just happy I haven't fallen into the trap of trading cards yet. I, I'm slowly holding out. You guys keep pulling like one good card at a time. I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But maybe if I could just hold off until I pay for those, like, my FFPC leagues that we're going to be joining, then maybe I will. Dan's holding up his awesome Jamar Chase Card Dan, Dan, ye- Dan yelled at me after I did mine because when I pulled that last one, I go, I don't know who the F this is. <laughs> he goes, JB, you're lucky my son wasn't listening. So any of the kids that were watching the the uh, packs being opened, I apologize. That's on me. Before we continue, if you haven't had a chance, like I said, Dynasty Theory and Fantasy Football Confidential under one YouTube channel. A lot of good content. We're trying to come up with more YouTube exclusive content. So if you haven't hit subscribe, go do that. If you listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, we just ask that you leave a rating, review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And then one thing we've been doing, we talk about the Discord that we have. It's free. If anybody's interested, you want to join it, it's Conversations 24-7. Reach out to one of us. We'll hook you up with the link. Probably Mitch or myself because Dan will block you somehow or ban you from the Discord. That's been known to happen. But... Uh, so if you, you know, leave, leave a rating, leave a review, let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want to hear about, because that's where all these conversations are coming from. We pick their brain. We say, Hey, what do you guys want to hear about? And they provide the the topics and it's absolutely fantastic. It makes my job easier. So let us know if you're interested in that. 
All right, guys. I had fun creating the little thumbnail on YouTube for this. Did you see it? The the dumpster with the fire coming out of it. What? Why are Why are you losing a dynasty? There, there's oh, many. No, John, reasons. why are you losing a dynasty? That's a good we, we want to know. I said you. I didn't say me. I said you. So why are you losing in your dynasty leagues? And there's many reasons. Some of them are strictly from an actual player fantasy football perspective, but there's other things that go into this. And I don't know, guys, how do you want to do this? Because I, I compiled a list and I told you, add whatever you want to it. And Mitch, you reach out to me. You pretty much covered everything, I think. Yeah, it's the normal show notes to where John lists everything. Then I go into add something and I'm like, well, guess we're done here. So that's nice. But I don't know. The one thing that I want to mention is because this will happen from the startup. And this is how I think we have seen many people fail this way because they don't look at it from a dynasty landscape. They'll say, hey, I really want two elite running backs. You're like, okay. So then they trade up and they get multiple p- picks, you know, in the first and second round, two years down. And they use their future first in order to trade up and get that. And then two years down the road, those running backs are breaking down. They don't have the value anymore. And then we see those people just end up orphaning their leagues their teams because it's either you keep paying and rebuild it or you just orphan. And I think that's where the vast majority of orphans come from is people trying to win the first two years. It doesn't happen. Then they just bounce. As always, Mitch and Dan, you guys want to skip around. I have that in the second section here. So similar, similar, but we will explore that more. But yeah, I I think that's spot on. And we will get into that with more of the market conversation and trades overall. But a few common mistakes and let me know, just kind of throw your finger up something if you have something to add to any of these. So once I go through them, um, the first one I thought of unwilling to adjust values according to new information. And we're going to get into it as the show progresses, but I'm not talking about coach speak. I'm not talking about a blurb or a headline that is very deceiving because we see that 24 seven at this point, there's that headline and it says, Hey, here's a statement from the article. And it's like, no, that was never said in the article, but unwilling to adjust values. And that could be because of an offensive line situation or a quarterback said, you know, whatever it is. But I feel like people and Dan, how often do you see, hey, Dan, you know, that, that's a fair trade you offer me. But, you know, six months ago, I took that guy in the third round of the startup. I can't do that trade. Yeah, like it, it, six. I can't remember six months ago. I could barely remember six days ago. Never mind six months ago. So when I do hear that, JB, I'm like, you know, I, I probably pause for a second. And then I say, hey, what would John say here? And they're like, oh, wait, no, I can't say that. He'll block me. So then I give a politically correct answer and I, I try to take it somewhere else. But, you know, I, well, where we drafted guys is is so out the window. I often say there's so much we don't know, but we are digging mining for news daily. I, I mean, the content that I see you guys post on Twitter, that a lot of our peers on Twitter post, I'm changing my rankings almost daily. And I don't mean like drastic, but, you know, if I know I get good information from a good source, I'm going back in there. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more on Coach's Corner, let people in my distorted mind of how these rankings work and are color-coded and tiered and how I move up and down, whether it's Dynasty or some other format. I won't say other formats today, John, on Dynasty Theory, I'll behave. 
but I get a good information from a beat writer that I believe that they are pumping some guy, you know, more repetitions and he's with the first team. And if it makes sense, I go back into my rankings and say, yep, he should be, you know, one, two spots higher. And I'm, I'm moving and shaking daily. For me, I, I kind of, I, I appreciate that and, and that mindset. For me, it's like looking at one of those top assets that no longer should be viewed as a top asset. That's or vice who versa. I was going to bring up. Michael Thomas. You could look at people who haven't been around the last four months. They have Michael Thomas on their team. Like, oh, he's still wide receiver one. I mean, right now he's, John, you're probably a little bit more on top of this than I am. What, a fifth round startup pick? Uh, probably fourth or fifth in Superflex, yeah. tight end premium, you know, so. But yeah, yeah, there's so many players like that or strictly because of their name recognition, you know, how much value, even at the beginning of last year, where were people asking for Odell Beckham in return? There were some people that were super high on him and it's just unwilling to adjust your values and your price tag based on new information. And a lot of that information does tie into the market. And I talk about the market constantly. And like I said, we are going to get into that in a few minutes here, Mitch, you and I were guilty of this next one, man. And I know, I know we like to think, Oh, we, we don't lose. What? Uh, let's look in the mirror for a minute recency bias and who comes to mind here tyler higby for me and you man that you're gonna dis you're gonna find a way to spin this but i you're not gonna be able i agree to. i agree you're right you're right i could spin it and be like this year he's a screaming buy but you're right it was definitely recency bias seeing that really small sample in what 2019 i guess it was and expecting it to repeat in 2020 and it just didn't happen it's those small sample sizes. It's looking at the, what has happened recently, hence the recency bias, and trying to extrapolate that, project that out over the course of the season. I've seen a lot on Twitter lately, people having issue with, well, if you project it out, he's on pace for, okay, well, we know it doesn't always work that way. And Mr. Tyler Higby would be a perfect example. Dan, do you have any thoughts there on recency bias? Is there any player for you over the last year, two years, that you were like, yeah, you know, he had that great stretch or he had that terrible stretch and now I wanted nothing to do with him and it might not have been the right evaluation. Oh, man. JB, it's not really... For me, recency bias is like, it's almost different. You know, I'm like, recency bias is it's going back to, you know, that Twitter news of where I'm moving up rankings and a guy compares Darnell Mooney to Tyree Kill, and I end up adding four shares in a day. Um, you know, as far as recency biases, as far as evaluations, I think back to the, you know, late last season games I watch. I watch Gasecki, you know, have numerous targets in, in that playoff game. That I think it might have been the end of the season there because he was crushing it for me for DFS. And then he got hurt in that game. But I'm thinking, boy, if, if he keeps getting that many targets and getting open from Tua, I did carry a little bit of that recency bias. And there are some of those guys where I watched late, like late last year. And right now I'm trying to determine, hey, is that just late film from last year based on that year's team? Or is that going to carry over to this year? So I'm trying to figure that. Gusecki's one guy that does come to mind because I'm high on him the way he finished before he got injured in his last game. One name dropped in the chat here, Travis Fulgham. And I think that's a perfect example. If you're mid-season, you're looking as a contender. Hey, this is a guy. He is on pace for 
well, that on pace number really meant nothing. And another guy that I just thought of while you were talking, Dan, and this fits well because I know you like this gentleman, but Michael Pittman in that playoff game, he popped off like what? eight catches, 90 yards, and then you transition into the offseason, right? And then those early startups right away, his value starts to rise a little bit. So it's tempering your expectations and being realistic and looking at the events that have just taken place. And it's how much stock should I be putting into this? I think it's really important to balance that. And I'm guilty of that. You know, Mitch, you're guilty of it. Dan, you're guilty of it. No matter who it is, you can say, I don't give into recency bias, but to an extent, we all do. Now, Mitch, that last one was you and me. This next one. <laughs> this is not me. Who, I can guarantee who, you that. <laughs> who is this? Blinded by fandom. Hey, that's my favorite team. That's my favorite player. I went to this guy's high school. We, we, we went to the same college. I saw him play in the Big 12, you know. Da, 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 da. His his mom's neighbor's mailman son's cousin uh, gave me a pedicure last week. Hey, I've had a pedicure. They're fantastic. They You're in the great. chair, it does a little massage. I I'm love them. Gonna, I'm not going to knock it. Come on. Anyway, Dan, you're guilty of it, buddy. You're blinded by fandom. Did I tell you I play basketball, Nicole Hardman? All right. No. So, 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 so it has impacted me a little bit there, but. <sighs> Blinded by fandom is in your notes there. I want to say I don't do as – I'm probably lying. You're going to call me out. I don't do as much of it, but I, I am, like, really teetering that line with McCall Hardman as I look at my rankings this year, just having a little – plus he was a Georgia Bulldog, so that's, like, double the fandom. There it um, is. I know my original drafts, I definitely was higher on Cowboys. Luckily, their offense had some production, so it didn't necessarily hinder my value and those guys were younger. But we have seen league mates. I, I know Mitch and I and, and the dynasty we started in, we had a Steelers fan that there at one point who totally went all Steeler crazy on his lineup and just is now currently rebuilding it and yep. f- figured it out. But it took him a couple of years of, of just kind of throwing his money to, into the league pot until he figured it out. So I think you do have to be careful. Don't get blinded by it. Don't, you know, I, I do try to note when I'm being a homer. So at least I'm acknowledging my problem. And it goes the other way, too. How many times have you guys seen people, oh, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't like to mix fantasy and and my team because, you know, I want to cheer for them separately. Da, 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 da. For me, and I've talked about this, I made this very known. Yes, I'm a Steelers fan. I use air quotes. Hey, if they uh-huh. lose, listen, if they lose, I'm not going to sit there and sulk in the corner. But if one of my dynasty teams lose, I'm going to be upset. And during the season, there's a lot of tears rolling down these cheeks. All right. These smooth cheeks. I, I just shaved for you guys this morning. Just so you know. Yeah. Look good for the, for the dynasty theory team here. Come on. All right. So blinded by fandom, make sure. And, and Dan, Dan, you brought up a good point. Your fandom kind of got you with the Cowboys, but that kind of worked out, you know? So I, I think that's a, uh, an exception rather than the role. And I do just think we have to make. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. No toll roll. They're all the same thing. Really? (laughs) I saw, if you're watching on YouTube, I saw Mitch's eyes. He's like, JB, what do you say? All right. This next one, another common mistake. And this is an easy one to correct. And we see it in every league lack of effort. And I know not everybody has all the time in the world and stays up till, one 2 a.m blasting out trade offers dan i see you in the chat like 
you know, during the day, Dan's a little quiet, you know, work, family time. I get it. But at night, after the kids go to bed, Dan is a trading madman. I see in chats, hey, so-and-so, sing a trade, sing a trade, sing a trade. I'm like, Dan, go to sleep, man. Uh, man I think the work ethic's the reason I do well. And I, I think, you know, I've seen, we've seen for some teams that maybe don't put in a lot of minutes, a lot of hours, it still sometimes works. We've seen teams win leagues and we're like, how the heck did they win that? And like, you feel like this small because you put in all these hours, but the rule of thumb is we have a quantity, you know, a number amount of dynasty teams that hard work pays off when teams are too stagnant, you're missing out on opportunities. I've heard Adam Schefter talk on his podcast of how much he works and not tries to outwork his competition and makes tons of trades. They don't all work out, but more trades work out than don't work out. And I think between trades, between the free agent wire, um, there, there's a lot of opportunity to gain an edge because a lot of leagues we're in, it's so competitive too. So if we don't have a certain level of work ethic, you're not going to beat everybody. And there's so many other variables. It's not, hey, Mitch, you made 50 trades last year. You should be the champion, you know? There's a lot of other things that go into it, but just making yourself available. And I have found typically, and I'm guilty of this to an extent, I typically take on the level of activity that the league has. So if there's a league that's very stagnant, I'm typically not in there too much. Um, but if it's a league, especially with you two clowns, that it's constant. Con I'm like, oh, man, Dan, Dan got a trade down. I got to start picking it up a little bit. Whereas there's some people, Mitch, how many times have I messaged you? And I've been like, I, I didn't even remember that so-and-so was in this league. It happens a lot. We'll just go with a lot there. But and like you were saying, lack of effort just isn't meaning that you're trading all the time because there's teams that I have right now that I'm comfortable where they're at going into the season. I'll make little tiny moves here and there, but I'm completely comfortable week one with that roster. Time, time out, time out really quick. I don't. What is he doing? What is this going? is my, my red challenging you. I, I'm challenging you with his surrender flag. Yes. But to your credit, <laughs> Yeah, you might be in a position where you're not making many moves now, but it's because you got yourself to that position. I wasn't done yet. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Challenge but to rule. piggyback off that, what I am doing is I'm actually moving a little bit ahead here. Waiver runs. That is something I'm still staying extremely active on. And the reason, John's here shaking his head. What did I do wrong now? Oh, no, 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 because I suck at that. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, in the safe leagues, I'm going to be honest, across the board, I missed the first waiver run. Mitch reminded me the day before, and I still didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, too, like, there's, we've talked about how there's more than one strategy to win and be successful, too. And, and whether I like how Mitch is saying he's looking at his different roster constructions, and there's some he's more content with, and then there's some he's focusing on. And JB, you mentioned how I'm active trading that night. It's not that I'm necessarily trading also in every league, it's just something hit me. Like, I got some idea, and, and I'm, I'm going through with it. There might be one guy I'm chasing, there might be a position tier that I'm trying to fix throughout my rosters. It's part of the strategy. And then I'm watching some other teams that aren't so active, but I still kind of see a strategy. There, there's been a couple of teams this dynasty offseason that I've looked at in different ways. And I'm like, man, I, you know, I never really seen this. Like, why doesn't this person ever accept trades or counter? But I'm like, I'm starting to like their roster. So there, there's different ways to, to, to win here as well. All right. I think we both interrupted Mitch. Was there any? Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. We pretty much covered it. 
All right. So missing the key waiver runs, that's something I, I do think that's important. And it's just, it's, I guess, just a time thing or losing track of the day. But that is something that I need to be better at because that first waiver run, that very well could be the most important after the waivers were shut down all off season. Yeah, the first one's the most important, and then like week three. So I try not to spend any fab in between those points. Well, I haven't spent any fab, and then not so only is Dan, not only is Dan not spent any fab, he's actually acquired fab via trades. We all know how he does that. There is always this year's Drew sample just waiting out there for the max fab bid. <laughs> Drew sample, man. All right, JB. Talk about recency bias and small <laughs> sample size. He did have like 12 targets that game, though. I mean, it's hard to blame anybody for it. Yeah, I dropped a lot of fab on him. Uh, next one, burning bridges in the league. This don't. Well, I'll keep it PG here. Don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's responding to trade offers condescendingly, negatively in the chat, putting people down, because mm-hmm. guess what? That does have an impact, whether or not you want to admit it. Mitch, you got a little fired up in a startup two years ago. Yep. And that gentleman, I think he now were from the league. He did. That's what happens. Things kind of escalated in the chat. And guess what? I think people took a side and that gentleman did not get any trades done as a result of some of the conversations that took place. So I, I know it sounds kind of silly to some people, but you don't want to burn your bridges. You only have in most situations, 12 team league, mm-hmm. you have 11 trade partners. Do not alienate yourself and limit your trading partners because you want to be a jerk. Man, I want to see so many other I'll actually say 95% of the time, it's people getting mad over the clock. It's almost every single time it's like, oh, look, this guy's going to take three and a half hours again. But if you just go in the draft, look at it, say, hey, people could use the full clock for whatever they want. Let them do it. And then, you know, we... John and I are in a very slow draft right now, but it's fine. It doesn't matter because I don't expect anything different. People could use the clock however they see fit. And that's not how I felt two years ago. Like if I felt if you had time to come in and say, hey, you know, I can't pick right now. I got to go run a marathon, then go camping, but then I might check in in two weeks. And then, you know, maybe I might make a pick. Normally I would have said, hey, why don't you just pick now? And then we don't have to worry about it. But now I've learned to keep my mouth shut a little bit on that. And just let people draft however they want to draft. The, this, I, I've never picked a fight in a startup. I can tell you that. No, never. Hey, JB, you, you're awesome these days. You've come a long way, man. You have evolved in the dynasty circles there. Your patience has grown. Your kindness has grown. Seriously. But uh, I think all of us Wait, really quick. Let me say my patience has grown in terms of what people are seeing, it doesn't mean I don't get very frustrated internally. <laughs> well, we do know when you're fired up, but, but we, we have fun with that. But you no, know, th- this question resonated with me because I mean, you guys know I blast out 8 million trades, 4 million are bad, 2 million are good. And the other 2 million you, you, know, you can take or leave. But the guys who know me like yourselves and, and others in our league, you know, we'll bust chops sometimes. You, you, you'll ask a question. But every once in a while in some of these leagues, you talk about not burning bridges. Like some of these owners get like beer muscles in the chat. And it's like they really, you could tell their tone is like disgusting. I'm like, buddy, you don't like it. Move on. Countered. Like, why are you taking this so personal? And I just got to self-reflect whether I'm being too sensitive that day because I had just a long day of work. And 
I just ignore it. But every once in a while, it does get under my skin a little bit. It's like, just have fun. It's a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Now, if you know, I can see if I was really insulting your intelligence, but come on, have fun. That's my rant. All right, so don't burn your bridges. Last one, even though at times you might look back at some of the advice and thoughts that we have thrown out and say, yeah, you know, I, I saw in the chat somebody say Keyshawn Vaughn, guilty, guilty. But listening to bad advice, I, I and what I mean by that, there are a lot of people really fantastic people within the fantasy community that at times try to get over into the dynasty world that are not necessarily dynasty players, dynasty managers, uh, really digging in and spending the time that not just us, but so many other people within the dynasty community. And I think that's something to keep in mind just because you're very good at DFS redraft best ball doesn't mean you are good at dynasty and able to relay that information to whoever's listening and taking your advice. I think that's a good way to phrase it. That's something that I've wanted to hit on for weeks now. There wasn't a good time to bring it up, but this is it. I fully believe that as a fantasy analyst, whatever you want to call yourself, it's impossible to be good at redraft best ball dfs and dynasty because you can't play in all those leagues and have like 400 leagues and so you know how each one is going at each base rate of time right i think in dynasty you need to have a lot of teams in order to know what the dynasty landscape is same thing with redraft same thing with best ball same thing with dfs and anything else that i'm forgetting right now but i think it's super hard to be very good at all of them and there's a lot of talk out there about people who are good at everything. And I think it's just extremely hard to do. Like there's people who are amazing at DFS and I will not play heads to heads with them because I know they're just going to take my money. But there's also people that I know play DFS and jump in Dynasty. I'm like, hey, that's free money on my side. And then whenever you play DFS, they think that's free money on their side. (laughs) But But even if it's Dynasty or DFS, Mitch, and there are some people that we really respect in this profession even they make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know? So when people are getting bad, bent out of shape or they're taking bad advice, you look at the Scott Fishbowl that we're all in, what, 1,920 teams are going to be in there. Is it, is it half that are analysts? Does he split a 50-50? About that, yeah. Pro- approximately 50% of 1,900 analysts. So that's 850 people. Like, they don't know. They're not experts. I, I think it's important to really know your sources know the coaches speak and make your own educated decision. And we hear all the people that are really dedicated to this all the time, admit they're wrong, admit, Hey, you make your own decisions. We're just giving you information to form your own decisions. I think that's important to live by. I I want people to think again, I I have my tears out there, Mitch, you've posted your tears. We give advice on a weekly basis, daily basis on Twitter, daily basis in the discord chat. And it's strictly our thoughts. And that's what it is. You can disagree with it. And I would say I'm not necessarily trying to convince anybody of anything, but I do think there is a lot of overall, uh, you know, interesting advice being given. And because of the name or whatever the situation is, it carries a little bit more weight overall. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it shouldn't. Before we move on, there is a very good, there's a great comment here. The most common mistake is teams not picking a direction and sticking with it. And I think to an extent that can be mixed in with recency bias. 
all right, I'm rebuilding now, but I just won two games in a row. All right, I, I'm going to make a move here. I'm going to, I'm going to now anything I built in terms of looking ahead, I'm now going to move those assets, move those pieces in the future and look to compete this year up came in sixth place and now i have no draft picks next year so i think that's a very good uh thought there and a very good mistake being brought to light because i you guys have seen that as well yeah i I mean i like his point in that you can't be all in one way with a strategy and then totally shift it and then you're then where are you? You're stuck nowhere. So to his point, you've got to go in a direct direction. You got to follow that plan, follow it through, and build your roster. You can't keep going back and forth and end up nowhere. In the same respect, in the same breath, you do got to remain flexible, though. I mean, you adjust as information comes in, and so so I think there's a double edged sword there also. No, you you certainly have to remain flexible, and we always talk about that and how there's more than one way to be successful in dynasty. And we always talk about roster construction and things like that, but there are people and there are managers. And I, I did this when I first started, I was guilty of this where I might have a team that clearly is not contending and okay, I'm going to move pieces. I'm going to get draft capital, but that, Boom, you win a game or two and that gets in your mind. Okay, I can contend. And it still creeps in my mind every once in a while for a certain team. And then you make that switch. Oh, well, no lost two games. Now I'm going to go back. But every time it's like you you lose value almost because you're paying up for an asset. Mitch, it's like it's like what I was doing with all those top shot moments. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, it's going to hit, man. Swap, 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 swap. And now I'm just losing value constantly. And I think that's a good comparison here. It's a very good comparison, actually. Yeah, but yeah, Kyle, I like that comment a lot. Now moving into the overall market. And I think this is a good segue and you know trades and not so much like trade strategies, but overall mindsets, I think, is a good way to look at it. Now, this is a big thing for me, and I want to get your thoughts because we see this all the time too, where, you know, and I know this has popped up in our Discord chat. I have Derek Henry ahead of Trey Lance, let's just say that just throw names out there or Ryan Tannehill, doesn't matter, any quarterback. But if your league shows that within that smaller submarket, which is your league, that quarterbacks have significantly more value you can either completely pivot off of that and say okay i'm going to fade quarterback or you have to kind of adjust your values based on that smaller sub market so you go ask other people for trade advice you talk to people on twitter you do whatever but they don't know the specifics of your league and the the values and they might not be similar to that of the general market yeah i there's many leagues out there that I have that people just don't value quarterbacks. And I'm someone, you guys have seen my leagues, anyone listening who's seen my teams, I usually have three or four quarterbacks. It's just how I go about building my teams. And there's quite a few to where I can't trade that third or fourth quarterback if I want to, to make a push because a lot of people just don't care. They have their two and they're fine with that too. And so that's just something you kind of have to know going forward you know you probably can see it in the startup it's like hey people don't value them here but i'm still okay going with that strategy because like i've said before 
I can't sleep at night if I have two quarterbacks in a 14-team league. I'm like, <laughs> what if one gets w- injured in four weeks? Then what am I going to do? And so for me, it's just having that confidence that like, you know what? I have that backup quarterback. But like I was saying, lots of other people don't feel that same way. Dan? Yeah, I like that where Mitch is going with that. And I've gotten better at this. You know, we, we've talked in the past about, again, knowing your league rules. I think, Mitch, sometimes we try to identify it in the startups. Uh, I think sometimes you could see that. You know, I have my own strategy. We, we all have certain things. I like being a little bit running back heavy historically. But I want to know if I know my owners and I know things are different, the size of the league is different, I need to be able to adjust. And I also know, like after startup, my roster construction. My roster construction determines a lot of that as well and how I'm going to build and what direction I'm going to go. So, again, know your league mates, know your rules, and be able to adjust. Even though I have a core philosophy, I've got to be able to adjust it in different leagues. Yep. And that's what, when I put together the tiers. And is it still my pin tweet? I change that around every other day, I feel like now. But it's still my pin tweet on Twitter. Go in. I added 12-team, 14-team Superflex, PPR, added a tight end premium section, as well as just typical PPR for tight ends. But... I have seen even in startups we've taken part in since I've really been focusing on my tiers and adjusting them. There's leagues that I stray away from that just because, and I'm not not saying within a position, but okay, I have uh, wide receiver tier three lined up with running back tier four, let's say. Okay, well, in this league specifically, the the running backs their values bumped up even more so maybe i have wide receiver tier three with running back tier five or something like that that's you know, just one uh random example but i do think it's very important to be able to adjust your values and i work full-time during the day in real estate so i yeah i, I work full-time believe oh, it i know not. i know but i talk about a smaller sub market and that's something that we deal with a lot in in corporate real estate, we have the larger market. And then, you know, if the asking rates $10 a square foot for industrial space, okay, well, in this area, maybe it's $8 per square foot. And that's exactly what I tie into Dynasty and looking at it from league to league. So that's what I'm saying when I'm talking about the smaller sub market within the larger market. This one. Now, these, a few of these can go hand in hand. And I don't know, I, Dan, did you add one or two of these or was it Mitch? I added a couple on the bottom, but Mitchell. yeah, they're all, it's all pretty much the same thing after your notes. So let's, let's rattle. No, but they're, they're great comments and they tie in very well. So sacrificing the future by strictly going for win now pieces. And when I put that down, I didn't mean moving future assets for players like AJ Brown Patrick Mahomes, you know, players that we believe either they're going to retain their value for several years or possibly rise in value. You know, we talk about DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, but moving pieces where they're potentially declining assets. And, you know, now you have no future draft picks. And this ties in perfectly, Mitch, with what you led off the show with. Well, my running backs are strong, but they go off the cliff here in two years. I have no future picks. I'll go find another league. So, and then uh, having to win every trade, win being in print or quotation marks, wanting to win the the Twitter trade poll, future assets always win. That was Mitch's comment. And then caring about young players more than good players. And I think a lot of that ties in together. And Mitch, since you dropped a few of those in, 
do you want to kind of elaborate on this? Yeah, I mean, the whole Twitter trade poll kind of goes into the last part of young players more than good players because we have to understand that on Twitter, a lot of the people don't play in super flex leagues to begin with, or they don't play in tight end premiums, or they don't play in the same settings that you do. They just have favorite players. And so if they see an AJ Brown or, you know, just something, they're going to pick either the player they like or the picks. And that's just how it goes. I mean, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And so I've actually had people during a trade discussion go, no way, I'm going to put this on Twitter and I'm going to see what they say. And I'm like, wait, what? Well, you should go with the opposite most of the time because it's just going to be based off like the value of the picks more than actually getting a good player out of it. There are, it's funny because, you know, my fantasy league, who we typically exclusively pay in their play in their leagues and pay, I guess. Pay but if, if they're listening, you know, you know, it looked nice in the bottom there. This episode brought to you by myfantasyleague.com. You know, just just throwing that out. I don't know. This is craziness. But they retweet every you tag them in a, a Twitter poll or whatever. They retweet it, right? And it's funny because oftentimes I'll look at a, something that comes across my t- uh, timeline on Twitter. I'm like that trade looks very familiar. Wait, wait a minute. I sent that trade. And then I'm like, okay, I know that person kind of not necessarily relies on them, but takes that into account. What can I do? What? Cause again, being in X amount of leagues, knowing the markets, being as active as we are, we have a general idea. What does the Twitter community like picks and youth? How can I frame that to my advantage and hopefully get a deal done and it ties into using the trade calculators to our advantage which we've talked about so many times i know dan he relies on trade calculator a everything's got to be boom this is fair this gives me an edge but where do i disagree with that i think that's that's something you can do there with the twitter polls it's the beauty of our discord we've got some very independent minds that are very honest when we do throw up those twitter polls or which side of the trade do you like more i don't uh, think honesty in that group is ever in question <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but i mean nobody goes with the consensus it's like nope disagree you know that this is why you get some good analysis in there so i love that um you know i met mitch mentioning or I think JB, it was your note, you know, going for the wins now and strictly, you know, you know, getting those big pieces, you really have to be careful of age in that circumstance because those assets do die off very quick. And if you're given future draft capital, uh, which I like to do, but it's going to be for an asset that I know is going to play for quite some years, even though we look at a three-year model, I'm not saying, you know, my roster's built that way, but if I'm mortgaging my future, I'm going to mortgage it for somebody that's going to be around for a while. And then I think as far as young players, building a team with young players, again, you could go overboard on that, overkill on that because a lot of them become busts. A lot of them don't produce right away. And then we see that cycle of rebuilding year in and year out and never becoming a contender. Um, I've tried to do a little bit better of a little bit more second half of the roster building on youth. You know, this way at least there's some upside and you're not stuck with a bunch of pieces that you can't move. So I think age comes into factor, but not at the price of losing uh, production and competitiveness. I think that going for those win now pieces, I think it's really important for people that only have one, two, three, you know, those kind of smaller leagues. Because when you have 
let's say you have 20 leagues, you can take more of a risk in a couple leagues and be like, you know what? I'm going to try to win it all. Then if you don't, you're like, oh, I'll rebuild in that one. It's not a huge deal because I have all these other leagues. But if you're only in a couple or, you know, maybe even five, I would say you guys completely right. Like, don't go for those win now, you know, week one through eight last season, what Todd Gurley was averaging a touchdown a game. I mean, he was just constantly producing. And I mean, if you're 4-0, you had a running back get injured at that point. You're like, you know, I could go and get Todd Gurley when we all knew Todd Gurley wasn't going to be a thing after that year. And if he was, it was going to be like halfway through this season. And so I just think that's something to keep in mind is the amount of leagues you play in kind of goes into these things as well. And that's a good point. There, There's leagues that I make trades that I would never advise somebody to do. <laughs> if you came to me and you asked me a question and said, JB, should I make this trade? No. But if for me in that situation, depending on the league, the format, if it's a league that I'm willing to take a little bit more risk, yeah, it's a little different. So, and we always say it, do as we say, not as we do. And, and we're all parents. That's typically the, the mantra. Me being the, the newest of, of dads here, I'm sure I'll be telling my son that plenty of times down the road, right? I think this is where positions come in too, guys. You know, if I'm I'm willing to trade more for a wide receiver, maybe even a real young quarterback, than I am a running back. You know, I like drafting, investing through the draft via running back. But if I'm going to give up a lot for a running back, their shelf life's a lot less. They're more likely to get injured. So I think positions come into it as well. Be careful. You're going to injury Twitter jumping on you there, Dan talking about missed games and who's more likely to do this and that just be careful be careful um but in, in, in this isn't saying you know don't take this as a blanket statement you know oh i the guys at dynasty theory they're saying don't go for those win now pieces it you know you talked about todd Gurley. we're talking about going out and acquiring julio jones and moving everything in the future to make these deals happen if you can find that balance and this is something i've done in startups not to get too far off track but if i can move back in startups accumulate future picks i'll take those veterans that slipped to me so on paper my age, average age is like 27 28 years old but i'm rolling with four future first three seconds you know so it's very you know there's a lot of gray area i think when we look at this and you look at people that do the productive struggle and they haven't won the league in four years but man they have value they have a lot of value. You got all those picks. It's all that matters. You win league year one in a league. You're paying for the next seven years. Yep. On average, you know, that's just my mindset. Last one that I have here. And in the chat, we've had some really good ones. Um, somebody just said, got to be very careful moving around in a startup. Seen too many examples of folks trading up overpaying with multiple startup picks and future picks and crippling their team from the start. Mitch, that kind of goes hand in hand with what you mm -hmm. said to lead off the show, but that's a very good comment. But anything else, drop it in there just so we can we can throw it on here, talk about it for a second. But the last one I have, and I, this has happened to me, and not always because of lack of trying, but I've been in a situation where, and I have one specific team I'm thinking of, uh, Josh Allen is actually my only starting quarterback. Ooh. Just listen. This I, I think it was a Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> debacle, possibly. Even though Mitch thinks he's still a starting quarterback in Denver. That's not sure do. He will. Um, or maybe it was a Cam Newton. I, I don't know what the situation was. But I, really, I have one starting quarterback. 
And I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying to leverage my other positions and strengths to get that other quarterback. But this is what's going to happen. Josh Allen's going to get dinged up this year. I know it just because I'm in a bad situation, it's going to happen. And I have 30% roster ship, but he's going to get dinged up. I'm going to have no starting quarterbacks and I'm going to pay an arm and a leg to get Andy Dalton for one more week before he gets pulled for Justin Fields. Something, you know, something crazy, but waiting to make a move until the last minute. Mm -hmm. So if you see that your league quarterback values, they're a little inflated, maybe start to, I'm not saying look to solidify that starting lineup necessarily like Mitch might just to help him sleep at night. Yeah. But we still have three months here. At least start to think about frame something in your mind, put something together where, okay, this is something I'm looking to do because when it's too late, your league mates know and they will price gouge you. It happens. I tried to do that to, with Dan when Dak got hurt. Yeah, we're, we're friends on the show, but it stops there. I still remember when back. someone tried to offer Dan Ben Roethlisberger for Dak. That was great. Those were good times. <laughs> I tilted. I definitely tilted that day. But no, JB, I mean, buddy, you got to fix that quarterback situation now. We can't wait till the season starts. Go get yourself Mitchell Trubisky at least in the interim there. But, you know, handcuff your quarterback, something. I've but, been trying. I've been trying. I look at that roster. It gives me heartache every single day. I, I think it's heartburn. It could be the crappy food I eat every day, but yeah. And I like that. And it is a matter of timing. So I like that. John in this therapy session that we're having with him right now is starting to, he's identified the problem and he's trying to take action. And the you know, first he, step he, is admitting, admitting it I is. have a quarterback problem in that league. We have made progress tonight, but I, I think as you get, if you wait to the season, you don't know if you're going to, you, you may overpay, you may not get anything and then you're losing games. At least if you try now and get declined, like you said, you got three more months. I think I spend all offseason trying to fix as many potential bad situations to make each roster as strong as possible for when that season starts. So, you know, whether you have three, five, 15, 55, however many rosters, I think you just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and you go in a straight. And that's the fun of Dynasty. That's why we're in Dynasty because it's 365, 24 7. Uh, so you, you keep working on it all the time. All right. And anything else here? I see a lot of good comments here, um, uh, you know, talking about startups and the, the trades happy to move up in the fifth through ninth by throwing in a future second to hit a tier break. I agree with that, that that's not what we're really talking about here. And then it goes on to say, but I agree on the higher picks. People have made some bad ones. Certainly we look at a few years ago, Todd Gurley was the one one you know, it's, it's crazy how quickly Le'Veon Bell, you know, these are guys that, that Baker don't Mayfield. Teams. Oh, you leave Baker out of this. He's doing okay. I mean, you can name every position, though. The only position that probably hasn't happened is maybe tight end. I was just going to say that. Yeah. To, you know, I mean, there's been some stability at the top there. But anyway, a lot of a lot of common mistakes, uh, whether it is a, a, a social aspect, a psychological, we talk about not burning bridges. So there's a lot of things going on here beyond fantasy football itself. Hey, what do you... I drafted my team. I set my lineups. I look at the waivers. What do you mean there's more to it? There's a lot more to it. You know, talking about the markets, the submarkets, the trades, and all that good stuff. But now there's still still a bit of time left here. Final thoughts. Dan, what do you got here? 121 episodes in. Why are you losing in Dynasty? 
And at times, why are we losing in Dynasty? It does happen still. My final thoughts just uh, I'm cheating off the dynasty here and, and going to go charitable and redraft. And, you know, I'm rocking the Scott Fishbowl shirt again here tonight. Was placed in the Aretha Franklin division. Um, for our listeners who aren't familiar, Scott Fish is a huge tournament of fans and analysts, and it's all about charity. Are and they showing you respect in that division? R-E-S-P-E-C-T, baby. And, and ironically, it was it's the same weekend I got thrown in this division that uh, wrapped up a pancreatic cancer uh, fundraiser. We did our Purple Stride event, raised $77,000 here in Northeast PA. And I just wanted to give a shout out and thank you for a lot of members of the fantasy football community that also pitched in. So it was awesome. So just a charity uh, closing thought there. And that's possibly Dan's best final thought yet. Mitch, what do you got? Can you one-up them? No, this definitely isn't one up. That was a great one, Dad. The only thing I'm going to mention is we pretty much have a solid month here to where we have like a couple mini camps happening this week. Then after that, there is no football. And so I would say if you want to join a startup, this is the time to do it because you're not going to hear about ACLs being torn or anything like this. It's just kind of the one dead time you're going to have before the season, before you can start, because I will say absolutely hate doing startups during training camp. Because I always feel like I'm going to draft someone and then they're just going to blow out their knee. It happened on like, what, Hunter Henry did it. I drafted him like I was, two I was hours Hunter Henry. Yep. I was just going to say him. Yeah, that's – and it, again, if you have any thoughts, any topics, any ideas, questions – no, you're not even questioning. Hey, guys, I was just thinking about this. I want you to talk about it. Please DM us, tweet at us, drop it in the Discord. Because again, a lot of these episodes recently, it's not – Oh, what? Oh, man. There we go. I didn't pull the little highlighted boom. Final thoughts. But we're we're not doing a lot of, oh, who should I acquire? Who should I move? Whose prices are rising and falling? This is the part that I I love. Dynasty theory. Theory. I I don't know if we, yeah, we mentioned a few specific players tonight, but the overarching topics and conversations I think are so much more important when looking at dynasty as opposed to specific player a player b um next week dan you're on vacation are you going anywhere fun or be a Mer- myrtle beach man so you know unless uh you know the wife and kids go to sleep early and i i might crap you know photobomb you here or something but yeah gonna be beaching it boys no 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 you're, you're on vacation i'm even taking my my vacation time this year and now that dan you were very familiar with Streamyard, you're going to be running those shows baby yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up buddy i need a couple <laughs> more tutorials and, and then we'll be driving full speed here we'll be good all right so next week dan or dan mitch and i will be covering tiers kind of our approach what we're looking at when putting those together hopefully a few people jump in the chat and we can talk about you know the tiers that i've posted that the mitch has shared and we can dig into that a little bit we want to thank everybody for tuning in make sure you follow the show on twitter and instagram at dynasty theory ff and please subscribe to the dynasty theory fantasy football confidential youtube channel for more exclusive content we'll see you guys next week thanks